What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the C-String Podcast. This is episode 24, I believe, um, and we're in with another edition of Penguin Prattle. Uh, last time we talked, we were about halfway through November. Uh, we are now basically almost through with no- uh, November. Um, so it's November, last day of November as I'm recording this. The Penguins have to play the Hurricanes on December 1st. So uh, that we'll get into that next time. Uh, but for now, let's just go over. We've got a lot of games to go over. We've got uh, seven games to go over. So I'm going to get into it really quickly. Um, if you remember last time, there was a lot of stuff we talked about. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, so yeah, let's get started. Um, I do have the cat in here with me today. So if you hear sounds coming from the back now, right, like right now she's drinking. Oh no, she stopped. Oh, well, if you hear something moving around, hear a bell jingle, just know it's the cat. Alright, but anyways, we're starting with game 17, November 17th, against the Wild, Jari versus Gustafsson and Nett. Uh, out for the Wild was Fleury, Greenway, and Hartman. There's nobody out for the Penguins today. Um, and this game would go pretty well for the Penguins. They'd open the scoring in the first period with Crosby and Paling to make it 2-0. In the second, the Wild would get a couple goals like five minutes into the game, uh, courtesy of Duhame and Erickson Eck, to tie the game. But Latang would score on the power play 18 minutes and 20 seconds in to give the Penguins a 3-2 lead going into the third. Nice momentum booster. Crosby would get a power play goal of his own uh, at five, and, five minutes and 50 seconds into the third. Uh, but then, uh, about halfway through, the Penguins would give up a shorty. Um, you know, you just earned a power play, you're up 4-2, you know, looking to control the puck, possibly make it 5-2, take really con- good control of this game. Instead, you end, you know, you give up a shorthanded goal. It's now a one-goal game, and the Wild have momentum on their side. Uh, thankfully, though, Brock McGinn, bringing it, bringing, it, bringing it to him, he'd score again and make it 5-3 pens. Um, yeah, uh, what else can you say there? Really good from Brock McGinn to see that. Gensel gets an empty netter. But then the Wild do get one with eight seconds left, so it's four to six out uh, by the end. Penguins with 32 shots on goal compared to the Wild's 23. 57.6 faceoff percentage, a power uh, power play that went two for five. Wild went 0 for three. Six penalty minutes for the Penguins, 10 for the Wild. Wild had a lot of penalties today, or in that game. Hits 25-29 in favor of the Wild. Giveaways, takeaways. Uh, Penguins had five giveaways to four takeaways. Wild had six and six. So a solid game. Uh, here from the Penguins, a uh, good way to start off the road trip. Next, November 19th, would be game 18. At the Jets, it would be Jari versus Hellebuck. Again, nobody out for the Penguins. Kasperi Kapanen would be a healthy scratch, though. Uh, had kind of gotten cold at this point in the season, so they just scratched him. Out for the Jets, Mason Appleton, Morgan Barron, Nikolaj Ellers, and Logan Stanley. Um, all the scoring in this game would happen in the third. Uh, it was a pretty even game in the first, basically throughout the whole time, um, but Nobody scored in the first two periods, and it would be the Penguins opening the scoring 53 seconds into the third period, courtesy of Zucker. Uh, Russ would get one at 18 minutes, 26 seconds, uh, with a bit of a bang-bang play. Hellebuck should have gotten rid of the puck sooner and didn't really control it very well. And that's kind of one thing I notice as we've gone out through the season. Um, Tristan Jari uh, is a very good puck handler. Um, man, he, he knows what to do with it basically all the time. And then, you know, originally when I had seen him play, I didn't really think too much of it. But then seeing some of these goalies that the Penguins play in the subsequent games make a lot of mistakes with the puck, it really makes me realize how good of an act, like how actually good he is at it. 
And so this was another one of those examples where Hellebuck just wasn't doing the right thing, wasn't really smart about it. And the Penguins get one. And then they'd also get an empty netter just at the end to make it 3-0, pad the stats a little bit. Penguins and Jets both had 32 shots on goal. Uh, Penguins with a 47.6 faceoff percentage, Jets with 52.4. Both teams 0 for 2 on the power play, both teams 4 penalty minutes. Hits 22-26 in favor of the Jets. Penguins with 11 giveaways to 7 takeaways. Jets with 7 giveaways compared to 15 takeaways. So again, very even game. Jets, I would say, played just a tiny bit better. Um, but on, uh, ultimately, the Penguins ended up getting the win. And I would say you could credit, credit that to Jari playing well. Uh, next game, one day later, uh, November 20th, game 19 at the Blackhawks. It would be DeSmith versus Soderblom. Again, out for the Pens, just Kapanen. Uh, for the Blackhawks, Tyler Johnson, Seth Jones, and Alex Stalock. Um, you know, the Penguins should should win this game. You know, this, this is a game they've got to win. And it started out that way. Um, Penguins would open the scoring a minute and four seconds in, courtesy of guess who? Brock McGinn. In the second period, the Penguins would score two minutes and 27 seconds in and four minutes and seven seconds in, courtesy of Malkin and Raquel. So Penguins really like to score early on in periods this year. But anyways, I'd make it 3-0 in the second. Um, and you're thinking this one's all pens. But honestly, the Penguins didn't dominate this game. And the Blackhawks would score two more before the second period ended. Uh, Cairo would get one and Patrick Kane. So that would make it 3-2 Penguins by the end of the second. But with the Blackhawks with the momentum here. And they would take that momentum into the third. And ultimately, they ended up scoring with 15 minutes and 49 seconds left. So they brought it back. Uh, down 3-0, they had tied the game. And at this point, I really thought the Penguins were going to blow yet another game this year. It's happened over and over again. I was waiting for the worst. But um, but fortunately for us and for the Penguins, Crosby would score at 16 minutes and 46 seconds to make it Pens uh, 4, Blackhawks 3. And then Carter would get an empty netter to make it Pens 5, Blackhawks 3. Really saved us at the end there. Really saved us. Uh, shots on goal, Pens 25, Blackhawks 32. So again, um, another game where the Penguins aren't really putting up as many shots as you'd like to see. Uh, but this time they do win face-off percentage, uh, 54.8. Uh, power play 0 for 2. Blackhawks were 0 for 4. Penguins with 18 penalty minutes. Blackhawks with 14. Uh, hits 19 to 23 Blackhawks. Giveaways 9. Takeaways 6 for the Penguins. 7 to 6 for the Blackhawks. So again, another win. Stats aren't so bad this game. They Penguins did look a little sluggish. I do remember that it was a uh, it was their third game in in four days. It was their second of a doubleheader, and they did really look slow there. So that's that's one where you'd like to see them control it a bit more. Yes, I understand it's a doubleheader, but come on, it's the Blackhawks. You gotta be able to win those ones pretty easily. Um, but anyways, a few days later, November twenty third, game twenty at home against the Flames. It'd be Jari versus Vodar. At this point, DeSmith had to sit out a couple games. Um, in that, uh, in that, uh, Blackhawks game, he had a slight upper body injury after the game. Like he, he had to get like scanned or something. I don't think it ever came to anything. Um, but yeah, so Jari would be playing most of the, the majority of the next few games. Uh, nobody out for the Penguins again, out for the Flames, Oliver Kylington. So, uh, first period, Penguins open the scoring. Uh, it's Jan Ruda, two minutes and nine seconds in. Uh, he's got just kind of like a wide-open shot in front of there and just one-on-one -on -one with the goalie, and he beats him. Uh, but in the second period, the Flames tie it up. They make it 1-1, courtesy of Dubay, uh, eight minutes and 37 seconds in. And that is all the scoring that would happen in this game. Um, this was, uh, I should mention, the game against the Blackhawks um, was Marion Hosa's. It was his uh, 
jersey raising uh, ceremony was that game. It was also Malkin's 1,000th game. Um, so it was good to see uh, Malkin get on the score sheet in that one in the second period, or on the goal tally especially. But then the Penguins really celebrated his 1,000th game when they came back home and played the Flames. Um, and, you know, it would be taken 1-1 into the, into the uh, overtime. Neither team scored in the overtime. Calgary had a lot of the puck for, like, the first four and a half minutes. The Penguins had some of it at the end, um, but it would just ultimately end up going to a shootout. Uh, and the shootout, a lot of, there was a lot of goal scorers. Uh, Raquel scored first, followed by Huberdeau. Then Crosby got one. Then Anderson got one for the Flames. And in a winner, winner-take-all shootout, you know, it was round four at this point because Gensel missed, Gensel missed his shot. So we made it to round four, tied 2-2. Two Flames missed theirs. Don't remember who it was, but of course, Malkin steps up to take his penalty shot in his celebration for his 1,000th game uh, in Penguins' home stadium, and he nails it. Um, just what a great shot there. Uh, went to the backhand, elevated over the pad. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Just storybook ending. I When, I, when he stepped up, I was thinking, there's no way. This is not stuff doesn't end like this. This stuff straight out of fairy tales. It's not going to happen, and it did. Uh, so Malkin scores, wins the game for the Penguins. Um, Penguins had 39 shots on goal to the Flames 34. That is a shot on goal total that you would much like rather see compared to the 22s, 25 shots, 28, 39 is a really good total there. Uh, Faceoff percentage 54.2 compared to the Flames 45.8. Power play both teams 0 for 3. Both teams had six penalty minutes. Hits, 39-41 in favor of the Flames. Giveaway-takeaway uh, ratios, Penguins was 5-11, to Flames was 4-10. to So a little bit sloppy here, a lot of hits, a lot of chasing the puck, and ultimately uh, it was a nice just defensive, you know, kind of control the puck kind of game. Um, there was like one odd man chance the entire game, and I think the Flames got it. But other than that, not too much. It was a really solid defensive performance from both teams, and honestly both teams deserved to win. It was a shame both teams can get two points on that one. Um, but November 25th, game 21 at the Flyers. Um, Jari versus Hart. Uh, nobody out for the Penguins, you know, aside from the captain scratch, but got basically a whole team's worth of people out for the Flyers. Wade Allison, Cam Atkinson, Bobby Brink, Sean Couturier, Ryan Ellis, Travis Konechny, Scott Lofton, and James Van Riemsdyk. There's some very good players on that list of people out. And ultimately, the Penguins would end up kind of uh, routing uh, the Flyers in this one. They just... Couldn't be stopped. Archibald scored one 11 minutes and 37 seconds in. Crosby would get one at the just at the end of the first period. And in the second period, Paling would score twice to make it 4-0 Penguins. In the third, the Flyers would get one courtesy of Hayes about halfway through. And honestly, the Flyers did have a majority of the puck in the third. And they had a lot of shots on goal in the third. It really brought this shot on goal total to make it look re somewhat respectable. Um, but Penguins, 29 shots on goal. Flyers, 30. Uh, before that third period, it was like maybe like an 8 to 10 goal difference. Um, so they really brought it back there. Face-off percentage though, 63% for the Penguins, 37 for the Flyers. That is a terrible ratio for Flyers. Uh, both power plays went 0 for Penguins 0 for 3, Flyers 0 for 1. Flyers with 15 penalty minutes, Penguins with 11. Hits 28 to 42 in favor of the Flyers. Giveaways, takeaway ratios, Penguins 7 to 3, Flyers 11 to 9. So a solid win there away in Philadelphia. And uh, they would prepare to go back home just the next day. So again, this Flames, Flyers, Leafs, after just doing three games in four days, they would do another three games in four days. And it would be DeSmith in that versus Calgren. Again, another situation where there's nobody out for the Penguins, nobody injured. 
But for the Leafs, they have Jordy Ben gone, TJ Brody, Kyle Clifford, Carl Dahlstrom, Jake Musen, Morgan Riley, Ilya Samsonov, and Joseph Wool. So again, this is another situation where your your team is perfectly healthy and the other team is smacked with injuries. You need to really kind of take advantage of this. Uh, unfortunately, they wouldn't. Um, this would be the third and last meeting with the Leafs, and they won one, they lost one, and this one would be another loss at home. Uh, Leafs scoring 40 seconds in. Penguins classic right there. You gotta love. You just love to see it. Um, absolutely amazing. Love letting teams score uh, right away. Uh, I'll face offs. That's amazing. Uh, Leafs would get two more in the second period, courtesy of Holmberg and Nylander. And then at the very end of the game, uh, Penguins would score one, courtesy of Raquel, to make it one three. Try to get their comeback on track. Uh, but Matthews would score one on a sweet little play from Bunting. There, he took on three Penguins defenders and. Made a pass laying on his back. That was pretty sweet from him. Uh, would love to see him in a Penguins uniform. Uh, but that would make it 4-1 to Leafs, and uh, that would be the game. Uh, the Leafs really controlled this one from the get-go. Uh, shots on goal, 26-41 in favor of the Leafs. Face-off percentage, 51-49 in favor of the Leafs. Both power plays went over. Penguins with 6 penalty minutes. Leafs with 4. Hits, 57-23. Penguins, if that doesn't tell you that they were chasing the game, I don't know what will. Giveaway takeaway ratios, Penguins, 11 giveaways to 9 takeaways, Leafs, 9 giveaways to 11 takeaways. Yeah, Leafs really just kind of control this one throughout. Not something you like to see, especially when the other team's beat up. Again, it's another t it's another instance where it's a doubleheader, and in the second game, the Penguins are flat. Uh, but anyways, November 29th, uh, game against the Canes, the Hurricanes. I think I mentioned earlier we were supposed to play the, game, the Hurricanes on December 1st. That's wrong. They're playing the Vegas Knights on December 1st. But um, this is uh, game 23 at home against the Hurricanes. And it would be Tristan Jari versus Pyotr Kachekov. Uh, out for the Penguins was Letang. And at the time, uh, they just sent out that it was an illness. But it was revealed that Letang uh, suffered another stroke. Um, second time in his career. This happened in 2014, and he was out for a couple months. Um, Again, you hate to see that, um, but this this stroke was uh, not as bad um, as this previous one. Obviously, strokes are always bad, but this was a minor stroke. He just kind of felt that he had migraine. He went to the, uh, the the trainer that was on the that was on the that was that was there at the time. Um, it's like a certified guy, and he told him, "Hey, you need to get to the hospital as soon as you can. You know, we think you think you got a stroke." And it turned out he did. So good on the good on the physical trainer there or whoever it was I'm not really quite sure his name I should probably get to know that because really good on him to recognize that and send Latang to the hospital and the gig they got it figured out and I don't think he'll be out for two months this time this one seems a bit more minor than the previous one um, but still he'll still be out for a few for a few minutes or for a few minutes for a few games at least and uh, he won't be playing any minutes that's for sure so uh, this is against the Canes. Uh, Frederick Anderson would be out for the Canes. Jake Gardner, Andre Kasha, Max Pacioretty, and Tuevo Teravainen. Um, again, a team with major injuries. Frederick, Frederick Anderson and uh, Tuevo Teravainen, especially two of the like, superstars on that team. But uh, Penguins would open the scoring, courtesy of Crosby, four minutes and 34 seconds in. Uh, the Canes would score two in the second period, courtesy of Natchez and Svechnikov, to make it 2-1. And really, the Penguins kind of spent the rest of the game trying to get that goal back. And uh, they would, just at the end, uh, with the extra man on the ice, Jake Gensel would get a tip in, and that would send it to overtime. And unfortunately, uh, overtime, very forgettable. Um, there was a big the, the scramble, there was a scramble in the middle of the ice, and I think the Penguins had too many men on the ice, firstly. 
But then I don't I don't know if they touched the puck or not. I think Rust might have had it with him when they had too many men on the ice. Well, so I think the refs missed that. Uh, but then the, R- R- Brian Rust got absolutely decked by uh, I don't really know who it was. It might have been Smetchnikov actually. I'm not really too sure. But he absolutely got decked into the boards by somebody. Should have been a boarding call. So I think there should have been a too many men on the ice and a boarding call uh, called on this play. But neither were called, and uh, the puck just kind of squirted out into the stick of a Canes player, and there was a 2-on-0 going the other way, and 2-on-0, if you don't score on a 2-on-0, that's, that's bad. Uh, but they would, uh, Svechnikov would pass it in front of the blue ice to Pesci, and he would lift it over the pad of Jari. Uh, but again, you gotta, you gotta think, you know, Carter was the only one that, you know, everybody kind of stopped playing uh, on the Penguins uh, when that, when ref, or Rust got hit into the boards, and you can't do that, really. Um, you got to play to the whistle, and Jeff Carter was the only one playing to the whistle. But unfortunately for him, he was by the time he was getting, he was full speed on his skates. He was just too far away to make anything happen. But he was the only one like doing anything and trying to get back. And that's nice to see from. I believe he's 38 years old now, uh, 37, 38, somewhere around there. But that's nice to see from him. But he's really he's tried to save it, but he couldn't do anything about it. And yes, when you get slammed into the boards, you yeah you stop because you're thinking that's a penalty. That's obviously a penalty. Like, I just got absolutely ran under the boards. That's a penalty for sure. Um, but the whistle didn't blow, and I can see why you would stop playing. Like, I understand. Like, I just got absolutely slammed under the boards. I'll get up, but I, like, the the, the whistle's going to blow. Like, But you have to be ready for when it doesn't. That's the kind of the lesson the Penguins learned in this loss. Uh, it was a terrible loss, but as, uh, you know, as smart people say, and I think... Coach Sullivan says has said this multiple times. You like to you like to think those kinds of things even out throughout the course of the year, and so Sullivan was upset. He was pissed. He was livid. But they moved on, and ultimately, this is a three-two overtime loss. That they they're not going to get it back. But at least you got a point out of it. That's what I'm going to that's what I'm going to take away. I was really thankful that the Penguins were able to actually make it to overtime and get secure that point. Um, really good from Gensel there, because guys, it's better than a loss. An overtime loss and and the, and the points format is better than a loss. It's not as good as a win, but it's better than a loss. And you take what you can get. It was unfortunate. You got to move on, and uh, we'll see if they do that against the Vegas Knights. But um, I'll go over the stats real quick. Penguins 32 shots, Canes 39. Faceoff percentage 47.4, 52.6 in favor of the Canes. Both teams over two on a power play. Both teams is four penalty minutes. Hits 49-23 in favor of the Penguins. Giveaway takeaways 10 to 11 for the Penguins, 15 to 15 for the Carolina Hurricanes, and that is the seven games through. All right, guys, uh, I'm back. This is Future Jacks here, recording more for this um, episode. I originally gone through all the points and done all this crap, and um, I didn't actually end up getting to edit the video in time. So I am back now, um, and the Penguins have played another game. It's now December 2nd, yes, December 2nd, and I have with me here the results from the uh, the Vegas game that just happened, um, this one game into December now. Uh, so I'm going to go over that real quick uh, for you guys. Um, the final result was 4-3 to three Penguins. Um, in the first period, Jack Eichel would score one courtesy of Mark Stone. Uh, Riley Smith would score one courtesy of Phil Kessel and Carlson to make it 2-0 Vegas. Um, in the second period, 
the Penguins would bring it back, though. Even though the Vegas was the one scoring in that first period, they didn't really have control of the game. Um, and I think that represents itself in the shot on goal totals. It was 18 to 14 uh, Penguins in that first period, and it went only get more lopsided in the second. Really, uh, Brock McGinn would score one two minutes and 23 seconds in, and then Ricard Raquel would score one 13 minutes and seven seconds in to tie the game at two to two. A uh, really important period there from the Penguins um, to tie the game going into that third. Again, they dominated shots on goal in that period, 15 to seven. Um, so at this point, they were really dominating the game. Um, but unfortunately, there would be a penalty given up just at the very end of the second, and it would leak into the third, and the Vegas Knights would score on it. Theodore would score courtesy of Stevenson and Eichel to make it 3-2 Vegas courtesy on the uh, on the power play. Um, I did forget to mention Riley Smith also scored on the power play earlier in the first, so two goals on the power play there. Um, not what you want to see. Uh, and to be fair, to the Penguins' credit, the, the team hadn't scored on the power play in a long time. Uh, the Wild, I believe, scored on a power play. That uh, Through all the men- games I mentioned the other day, no other team did. All t- all the other teams were put put offered. So uh, good on the Pens for that, but they led up two here to Vegas. Um, and, yeah, uh, you don't like to see that. But at least they got a power play goal of their own. That's something you do like to see. The power play's obviously been very flat this year. But Gensel does get one on a four-on-three, I believe it was on a sick little slap shot from the right side uh, with the assist from Malkin and Petri to tie the game. And then, 9 minutes and 25 seconds in, I did forget to mention, Heinen was a scratch for that Carolina game. He was also a scratch for this game against the Knights, and that's because Kapanen took his place. After Kapanen got out, Heinen started to get cold, and so they replaced him with Kapanen. Kapanen played really well against the Hurricanes, didn't get anything from it, but he did get something from it from this one. Nice wrist, uh, nice shot from the right side there, get, lifting it up over the goalie, just just enough to get it in. I don't even know how it got in, but the, that gave the Penguins the lead, and they'd hold on to it for the rest of the game to get the win over the red-hot uh, Golden Knights to open the season. Um, so good win for the Penguins there, and there's some stats here that are really impressive. 47 shots on goal. Um, really like to see that. Really, really like to see that from the Penguins compared to 37 for the Knights. Face-off percentage, 52-48 to 48 in favor of the Knights. Power play, Vegas was 2 for 3. The Penguins were 1 for 4. Penalty minutes, 12 for Vegas, 10 for Pittsburgh. Hits, 41 for Pittsburgh, 30 for Vegas. Giveaways and takeaways, the Golden Knights had 3 giveaways to 5 takeaways. Pittsburgh had 9 giveaways to 12 takeaways. So, yeah, uh, really, really good uh, result there for the Penguins. You love to see that, and that adds another win onto these totals. Uh, so, with that being said, let's uh, let's get into some stats. Let's get into some points leaders here uh we'll start at the top like we normally do um 24 games into the year we are now uh and Sidney crosby leads the penguins in points he has 32 points um gensel played only just 20 games he has 23 points malkin uh, has 21 points in 24 games ricard raquel 15 points in 24 games zucker 15 points in 22 games he hadn't scored he scored one point i think in the last eight games. He was really hot there for a while. It's really cooled off since then. Uh, Jeff Carter now up there with 12 points in 21 games. Brock McGinn now at 11 points in in 24 games. Brock McGinn, love to see that. And what you don't love to see is Brian Rust only at 10 points. Um, you got guys Jeff Carter and Brock McGinn, they're third-line dudes. They're scoring more than Brian Rust. So Rust have to might, might have to go even farther down the, uh, down the board here. 
Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's played well the past couple games. Just hasn't hasn't got the luck to go his way. Um, still sitting there at a negative 12 plus minus. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, Pedersen now. Uh, Pedersen's also up there with Petrie and Latang. They've got some points too. But Dan Heinen only at nine points, um, and he hasn't scored in a long time. Uh, what you like to see though, Ryan Paling at seven points. That's good to hear. Kasperi Kapitan at seven points. It's been a while since he scored. Josh Archibald at six. And you got more names on that list. But there's your points leaders. Um, as far as plus minus is concerned, it's Ricard Raquel. It will always be Ricard Raquel. He's at 13, four points ahead of Pio Joseph and Jan Ruda. He's just, just love to see that. Another important thing to note, that's fourth line. Also got some names up here. Josh Archibald at uh, plus eight. Um, Ryan Paling at plus three. Uh, but Teddy Bluger's down there at a minus one. But again, Brock McGinn's up there too. He's got a plus seven. So really like to see that. As far as defensive point shares go, we have Jan Ruda at the top at 1.3. Again, this is a third-line defenseman leading us in defensive point share. Give him more minutes. Uh, Marcus Pedersen at 1.2. P.O. Joseph at 1.1. Jeff Petrie at 1.1. Brian Dumoulin at 0.7. And you have Chris Letang down here somewhere. Yeah, there he is, 0.3. He's in the positive now, at least. So you like to see that. Um, don't know when he's coming back, though. Who really knows? But he's sitting right next to Chad Ruriedel, who's also at a 0.3. Um, offensive point share leaders, you have Crosby, Gensel, Malk, and Raquel uh, all leading it. Crosby with the most there, obviously. Um, but let's go into something I don't think I have talked about yet. Let's go into face-off percentage. So, um, Ricard Raquel has a 60% face-off percentage, but he doesn't. he's only had 10 face-offs. He's 1-6, so that's how he gets a 60%. Um, but if I ask you, Neil, who do you think's leading face-off percentage for the Penguins? You would probably say Sidney Crosby, and everybody else kind of not doing too well. Uh, it's Jeff Carter. He is at a 59.9% face-off percentage. Yeah, that's insane. He has 160 face-off wins to 170 losses. Uh, yeah, he doesn't quite have the volume that Crosby does. He's got a, a little less than Malkin. Actually, he has a similar number to Malkin, and he's beating Malkin there. Uh, Crosby's at 52.5%, Malkin's at 51.5%, so you like to see that everybody up there is winning at least. Um, the only center that's not winning on it is uh, Teddy Bluger, he's at 47.1%, and I guess Ryan Paling too, at 45.1%, he has quite a few face-offs as well, but yeah, Jeff Carter, that's pretty That's pretty awesome uh, from Jeff Carter, I'd love to see that, love to see that from him. But yeah, those are your uh, skating leaders. Let's go to our goalies here, uh, Tristan Jari. Now at a .915 save percentage with 2.91 goals allowed average. Casey DeSmith at a .908 save percentage with 3 goals allowed average. Um, Tristan Jari is 9-3-3. Casey DeSmith is 3-5-1. So there you have it. That's the goalies as well right there. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's all the stats from these guys. And uh, I do have to say, uh, it's been going pretty well so far. You know, you had that slip up against the Leafs where he kind of got smashed and then the game against the Hurricanes obviously not something you want to put on your resume uh, that that uh, little mess at the end but they bounced back with a win against the Vegas Golden Knights a really good team this year they're probably going to be a really good team for time to come like it's just they're just going to they're just going to be good they have Bruce Cassidy as their head coach now they're going to be good um so yeah they I mean they lead the uh they lead the division I, I'm pretty sure let's see here yeah over the Kraken, who I think just won yesterday. Yeah, again. So the Kraken are creeping up on him back there, and I think they have less games played even than the Vegas Knights do. So we'll see about that. But I do want to talk about one thing here before we leave. Let's go over the 
standings as they sit right now in the Metro. So in the Metro right now, the Devils have 39 points, the Islanders with 30, Hurricanes with 31, and the Penguins with 28. Uh, the Rangers are at 26, the Capitals at 24, the Flyers at 21, and the Blue Jackets at 16. Um, nothing, you know, too out of the ordinary there. Uh, the Hurricanes just passed the Islanders as of yesterday, um, so they're now in front of New York, um, courtesy of that. But I have here in front of me a playoff probabilities report. Um, again, I do a lot of my stuff via Hockey Reference and Stathead. It's where I get a lot of my statistics. And um, here in front of me, I have a playoff probability report. And what it does is it uh, runs a thousand simulations of the remainder of the season after every day. Um, so, you know, every day you have new standings and new prediction results because there's new games played every day. And depending on the results of those games, there's now new predictions that this report gives out. Um, it's a really cool thing, and, you know, we're a fourth of the way through the season right now, so most of the teams that are above the playoff line right now are going to be above the playoff line come the end of the year. And same goes for the teams below it. Um, but I will go through it here real quick. Um, so this probabilities report has the Devils finishing first. Um, in the 1,000 simulations, their best points finish was 129, their worst was 84, and they got an average of around 109.5 points per simulation. Um, so that's kind of how it works. So it has the Devils finishing first. The, it predicts they'll get around 109.5 points. Uh, it has the Islanders finishing second. It predicts them to get around 97 points. As the Hurricanes third, it predicts they'll get around 96.9 points. So they'll be right. Those two are going to be tooth and nail right to the end. And then it has the Pittsburgh Penguins a little bit behind them at 94.6 points. So that that's going to be a pretty tight finish for those top. Not top three spots, but the bottom three spots, I guess you could say, in the Metro there. And as long as one of those spots isn't stolen away by a team in the Atlantic Division, like, say, Florida or Montreal or whatever, that's going to be probably four teams from the Metro. And, you know, I could even see it swinging the other way. Right now, this prediction has the Bruins, the Maple Leafs, and the Lightning all making the playoffs in the Atlantic, and also the Detroit Red Wings. Um, in there as well ahead of the Florida Panthers, but I could see both of Wed Rings and the Panthers falling off and giving that last playoff spot in the East to the Rangers who sit fifth in the Metro uh, courtesy of this model. It has the Rangers finishing at around 90.9 points this year. Um, again, it has the Red Wings at around 92 points, so that would put them out of the playoffs. Um, and I would love if the Rangers did not make the playoffs this year. That would be great for the Penguins. Um, you know, I don't like seeing the Islanders make it. <laughs> Just... It would be helpful for the Penguins if neither New York team was in the playoffs, but you don't always get what you want. So we might have to settle with the, the Islanders this year, and obviously this year could completely turn around. The Penguins could absolutely start failing and losing every game, and the Rangers could start winning every game. So you never really know there. Um, but it has the Capitals out, Flyers out, and the Blue Jackets out all by quite a bit. So... You know, if I if I got to choose my way, I would probably replace the Islanders with the Capitals. And you know, if I got to choose who made the playoffs, but that's just me. You know, I uh, I like seeing the Capitals do well because I like to see a good Penguins versus Capitals series in the playoffs. Um, but I don't think we're getting that this year. And honestly, those glory years of like 2016, 2017, 2018, Penguins versus Capitals. You know, Crosby versus Ovechkin. I think they're gone. I think this is it. You know. 
the Capitals need to get healthy and they need to keep everything together. If, and so do the Penguins. They need to stay healthy and keep everything together if these two teams are to meet again in the playoffs. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I really just, I don't know. really don't know if it's going to do it like that. But yeah, that's the Metro prob playoff probabilities. Has Devils, Islanders, Hurricanes, Penguins. Um, as a Penguins fan, I'd be completely fine with that. It has us only finishing a couple of points behind the Hurricanes and Islanders. So you can, at the end of the year, you can sneak up in there. You know, it have, kind of happened the reverse way to the Penguins. Last year, they were sitting at uh, number two in the Metro for a while at the end of the year, and they fell down to number three by the end of the year, getting passed by the Rangers. Um, so, yeah, that that uh, really ended up helping them out in the playoffs there, the Rangers having that home, home ice advantage. Um, but, yeah, that's the little... Just a little bonus thing I want to do, so, you know, give give the playoff probabilities. But uh, let's get into some other things here. Um, you know, it's been eight games now. Now that I'm recording this, how's how's it gone? And you know, the word I used uh, when writing the script was decent. I would say it's been fairly decent. I'd say it's been pretty good. The offense really clicked in the wild game. The power play was two for five. Jari had a good performance against the Jets. He got that shutout. The team looked bad against the Blackhawks and the Leafs, you know, those second uh, game doubleheaders, they, they did look bad and they did look sluggish, but they at least got the win in the Blackhawks one. The Flames and the Flyers were both solid defensive performances, uh, but the Leafs game again, return, uh, return to poor form, bad line changes, odd man rushes, defense getting beat in one on two, two on three positions where they had the more majority of people they're still getting beat. Um, Crosby was like frustrated, like visibly frustrated in that game. You could tell he was, he was, he kicked the boards a couple of times. He was really mad. Um, I did notice there's been some slight defensive changes in the lines in those few games. They had to move a couple things around. P.O. Joseph moved up, I think, with Petri. I don't know. There was some slight changes, but a couple things I want to mention. Uh, penalty kill caught fire. It was 18 for 18 in that stretch until the Vegas game. Um, they were 80.9%, eighth best in the league. Uh, power play, still garbage. Two for 19 in that stretch, and both of those two power play goals were scored in the Jets game. Uh, good for 16.2% on the season, 28th best. So power play absolutely needs to get better. You can't have a bad power play if you want to get anywhere in the playoffs. Um, you know, that it's bad enough to what I mentioned to Cole in that Vegas game. You know, look, you, we get the power play out there, and I don't feel any more confident that they can score a, a power play goal than they can an even strength goal. Like, I don't think it gives the Penguins any sort of advantage right now. Um, but you know, it's not, if I, I did put in here, it's not as if there hasn't been opportunities. Um, they're 15th in power play opportunities at 74. Um, goals four, we're sitting ninth at 79, although that's changed after the Vegas game. Goals allowed 19th uh, with 73, and that's changed after the Vegas game as well. So those numbers are a little bit higher. They'll have 83 goals for and 76 goals allowed. Um, goal difference, good for a plus seven now. That would be good for about 10th in the league. Um, so yeah. Some solid stats here, but the power play is again something that's got to change. Uh, one thing I want to do before I get off here is mention the schedule, the December schedule. Obviously, December 1st, they played the Knights at home. December 3rd, they play the Blues at home. The 6th, the Jackets at home. December 9th, they play the Sabres. December 10th, they play the Sabres. An away game and then a home game against Buffalo. December 12th, at home against the Stars. 15th, away against the Panthers. 18th, away against the Hurricanes. 20th at home against the Rangers, 22nd at home against the Hurricanes, 27th away against the Islanders, 28th at home against the Red Wings, and 30th at home against the Devils. So this is a really tough, tough, tough December schedule. Uh, 13 games in December compared to 14 in November, 9 home games in, in December compared to 6 in November. Upcoming teams on this December schedule are a combined, this is before 
uh, yesterday, so when I made the script, um, they are combined 130, 85, and 23. Uh, yeah, that, that would be a pretty good, pretty good damn, pretty damn good points total there. Um, they play three games in four days, twice in no, in December compared to three times in November. Um, but both game, but both times they have two home games after the road game, so it's a little bit more forgiving there. Um, but yeah, that's the December schedule. In short, I'm really looking forward to the stretch from December 18th to December 30th, where it's away against the Canes, two days later at home against the Rangers, two days later at home against the Canes. That's specifically really interesting. We'll see how the Penguins do there. And then four days after that, you have December 27th at the Islanders, December 28th at home against the Red Wings, and December 30th at home against the Devils. First game against the Devils of the year. This is a tough schedule, and the Penguins are going to prove their worth right here in December. And uh, hopefully they come out of it with a pretty respectable record, and maybe they can be even climbing further up the Metro. We'll see how it goes. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of Penguin Prattle. I hope you guys enjoyed. That was a lot of information um, in a short amount of time. I don't expect you to remember all that. I'm just giving you guys a brief overview of what's happened. Um, the main thing you need to know is Penguins got, you know, they got better. They won some games. They're sitting fourth in the Metro right now, looking ahead of them instead of behind them. And that is really the main, the main thing here. You know, when you're looking at the people in front of you and trying to catch them, it's a better sign than if you're looking over your shoulder all the time and worrying about those catching up to you. And that's really the important thing here. Um, but yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode of Penguin Prattle. I hope you guys enjoyed, and I look forward to seeing you guys I don't know, probably halfway through December, sometime at the end of December, to talk more about the Penguins before that winter classic against Boston uh, in January. So I'll see you guys then. Bye-bye.